Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Romans chapter 14. Except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand." One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that he might be the Lord of both the living and the dead. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. I've been a pastor for quite a few years now, and I'm sad to say that there are frequently needless controversies in every church. And when I say needless controversies, people argue about things that are just insignificant or inconsequential or should be avoided. 
by those that have a, a measure of maturity. So Paul addresses needless controversy in the church and encourages people to refuse to enter into meaningless debates concerning nothing more than opinions. Reading from verse 1 in the Passion Translation, Offer an open hand of fellowship to welcome every true believer, even though their faith may be weak and immature, and refuse to engage in debates with them concerning nothing more than opinions. Quite frankly, this is what people do in churches. They engage in debates about their own opinions. The truth is we want unity in the church, but the unity is to be found in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, we have our our unity. We're unified in our agreement on the finished work of Christ, the sinless life, the sacrificial atoning death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, his exaltation to the right hand of the Father. These things are the non-negotiables of the faith. And there are many other aspects of our faith that are viewed in various ways by different groups. I think if I sat down with any one of you members of the listening audience, with each of us having our own Bible in front of us, and we started reading from Genesis chapter 1, we wouldn't go too far before we saw certain things a little bit differently. Well, this is the nature of what we do. We see these things, as Paul said, we see through a glass darkly. We see um, in part, we know in part, we hear in part. And so these differences of opinion can often be blown up to levels where they shouldn't be. And Paul tells us to refuse to engage in these types of controversies. They're unnecessary, they're avoidable, and you're entitled to your opinion, I'm entitled to my opinion. But these controversies have no place in the church. So how do we find unity in the church? Once again, we find our unity in the person of Jesus Christ in the supernatural nature of his birth, that he is both God and man, born of a virgin, was circumcised on the eighth day, raised as a Jewish man, lived a sinless life under the law of Moses, and was sacrificed for our sins, was buried, and on the third day he rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. And there he's seated on the right hand of God the Father until the Lord makes all of his enemies his footstools, according to Psalm 110. So the controversies in the church, friends, don't engage in them. Don't engage in foolish debates. Don't engage in um, hostilities when your opinion is different from that of another believer. Avoid these things. Paul goes on to talk about some of the things that we argue about and specifically deals with dietary laws and certain sacred days or certain holy days. Verse 2, one person's faith allows them to eat anything But another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. And so Paul deals with vegetarianism. Uh, He deals with the fact that certain people's conscience convicts them that they should only eat vegetables. That's fine. The one who is able to eat meat should not treat the person who eats vegetables with contempt. Conversely, the one who eats only vegetables should not treat the one who eats meat with contempt. 
God has accepted both of them in Christ. It's by faith in Christ, not by dietary observance, that we please the Lord. He goes on in verse 5 to say that certain people have one day held sacred as opposed to another. Of course, the thing that lends us most quickly to this understanding is Sabbath, you know, observing the Sabbath. The Sabbath, biblically, is from Friday evening till Saturday evening, Friday evening at sundown till Saturday evening at sundown. Uh, Of course, the Lord sanctified the seventh day in Genesis, and so there are those Christians who believe that we should worship only on the Sabbath. And that's fine. If they have that personal conviction, let them worship on the Sabbath. But another person who says that every day is the day to worship Christ and to serve him should not be held in contempt by the one who is focused on Sabbath day worship. And the one who worships on every day should not despise the man or woman who worships exclusively on the Sabbath. Paul continues in verse 6, Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord. And so this idea of dietary observance and the observance of holidays, holy days, whether it be the feast days of Israel or other holy days, these things are are personal convictions and that we need to have our hearts clean before God in these matters. We stand before God, not before our brothers and sisters. So we're not to act uh, provocatively, intentionally to, to harm another brother and sister, but ultimately we're observing these various things before God between us and the Lord. And so verse 14, Paul says, I'm convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord, that nothing is unclean in itself. He's talking about dietary restrictions. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person, it's unclean. And if a brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone else for whom Christ died. So if you're around someone who is dietary observant, let's say that they're offended, they think it's a sin to eat pork, for example, then you shouldn't eat pork around that person. Are you at liberty to do so in Christ? I believe you are. But is it showing love to the person who has an issue with it for you to eat it provocatively in front of them? I don't believe it is. I think we should abstain in those situations so we don't provoke those who stumble over that issue. Another good issue would be drinking alcohol. There are Christians that are firmly convinced that drinking alcohol is a sin and they don't want to be around it. They don't want to participate in it. There are other Christians that believe that the moderate use of alcohol is not a sin, although drunkenness is always considered a sin. There are those that consider the moderate use of alcohol not to be a sin. They have liberty to drink alcohol in moderation, but they should never do so around a brother and sister who are distressed because of those who drink alcohol or who consider alcohol to be a sinful substance that they don't want to be around. So acting in love, we need to be considerate of our brothers and sisters in Christ. For those who abstain, we need to abstain in their presence and uh, not destroy their faith or provoke them because of our our liberty. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, Paul says, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, we're not seeking out what liberties we have so that we can participate in the liberty. The kingdom of God is about loving uh, other people, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so in serving Christ and pleasing God, we're attempting to love our brothers and sisters. We're not man-pleasers, but we are God-lovers and lovers of our fellow man. Lord, we pray that we would make it our top priority 
to live in a way that leads to peace and mutual edification between believers. Lord, help us to be considerate of those who observe one day is more holy than another and one food is more holy than another. Lord, let us be considerate. Let us um, uh, not be provocative in our liberty, Lord, but let us be gracious, full of grace and mercy in our love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.